We are two badass spiritual gangster real estate entrepreneurs manifesting our best authentic lives and spreading the good word. You're listening to Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. Hi. Hi. Cannot believe we are in number, are we number eight? This is the eighth topic, but the ninth episode. That's crazy. I know. Does it feel like that? I mean, when we think about the timeline, like it was the beginning of spring pretty much, you know. Wow. April, and then we had a month off. Yeah. Or more, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> but I'm... I'm happy that we are just pushing along. I know we've had some hardships along the way and we just keep making the best of it. And I think that the universe will respond favorably to our discipline and commitment to. Yeah, it's true. That's been the biggest thing for me. And I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's almost like the thing that I like wanted to lean out of, of like, I don't feel like doing things. And I'm like, this is the best thing I can do. Exactly. Lean into it and I feel better. Yeah. It's exciting. Okay, hi. Hi. Happy Friday. Yes, queen. It's going to be happy Friday. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to make this happy. Yes, it is happy, whether you like it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Let's let's talk about this heavy subject on our podcast on happy Friday, and and we'll just (laughs) confuse ourselves even more. But uh, this week's subject is relationships as mirrors and... I'm excited about this one. It really isn't that heavy. I think it's a really good way to tie up a lot of the other things we've mm-hmm. talked about from where we started with unbecoming and just being open to unraveling all, a lot of the things that aren't serving you anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're, and then um, also just like the healing from the inside out and that kind of thing. And then we talk like tests and triggers and shadow and all this yep. relationships as mirrors is just kind of an outgrowth of that. I think so. It's de- like definitely the little bow on the package of like understanding how all those things come together and the easiest way to, to see them. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So one of the, the law of attraction is definitely a big part of, of this concept so you know what what you are you attract or what you run from you attract kind of thing where you put your energy and your attention is what you attract yes and then it's also kind of there's there's references to the relationship mirror dynamics in in psychology and and genetics as well Mm -hmm. I mean you think about children like they have the genetics of their parents so Mm -hmm. they're mirroring their parents in that like physical way as well and then, um, yeah, I mean, basically the foundation of this conversation we're going to have today and the subject is that you attract what you are as a mirror to grow and refine yourself. And similarly, you reject what you reject, your shadow, mm-hmm. which is essentially still a part of what you are. Mm-hmm. And... Every human relationship that we have serves a purpose from the person you sit next to on the bus or the plane to the cashier to your boyfriend or girlfriend or your husband or your kid. Every single relationship has a purpose to serve and a purpose to heal or grow or or learn or see a reflection. So that's that's one of the other big foundational parts of this, this subject but did you have anything just to kind of chime in from your perspective of, of what relationships as mirrors means to you? Um, the thing, obviously, that comes to my mind immediately when I hear just like relationships as mirrors, and I don't think any further into it, is very, very much what we talked about with like tests and triggers, um, which is when something like pops off, and another person and you realize like I don't like that about this person like that's the first thing that kind of comes to my mind as a mirror in relationship but then I think when you dive deeper into it you can understand how like liberating this is when you start to when you start to release the expectations that you have of other people because you realize that essentially they're just mirroring or or showing you 
parts of yourself, then you just don't have to be like so upset all the time about it. That is so beautiful. <laughs> That's exactly, you're able to communicate what I'm trying to communicate yeah, in yeah, a very straightforward <laughs> way. Yeah. And, yeah. And so it's like, for me, this is a big topic because it's all about that liber, you know, me and freedom and liberation and not feeling tied to things and not feeling when not not committed in a way that you know commitment can be very good and grounding and healthy but sometimes we are attached to things that um aren't serving us and a lot of times that has to do with our our feelings towards other people we get attached to those feelings and then it it can get messy yeah so this is like really a, a way to keep it really clean yeah and it's yeah it's definitely liberating because when you mm-hmm. when you take it for with a grain of, you start to take humans with a grain of salt mm-hmm. and it's, you're able to practice non-attachment. You're, mm-hmm. you're able to take it for what it is, not take it personally. And then it's much easier to have compassion and love right. and just love, you right. know, like right. real deep, easy love for every person. Right. Have you ever felt, um, like when you meet a stranger or if you watch something or you read something and you're, you don't know the person. Remember like Chicken Soup? Do you remember those books? Oh, yeah. Like Chicken (laughs) Soup for the Teenage Soul. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. You read these stories or you watch these stories or even a movie. It's a fictional character. And you can feel the way that you would feel about that person or situation. And I guarantee, like, challenge yourself. Like, start to pay attention moving forward after listening to this. If you treat people differently than you would if it was like your mom or your sister or somebody that's close to you. Like when you don't have an attachment to the other person, oh, a for personal sure. attachment, you love them differently. You're, you don't love them because you don't have an attachment to them. Which me, which allows you to really actually love them. Exactly. <laughs> the way ah. that, <laughs> the way that love is intended to be used. Yes, Cause love really is not supposed to be attachment love and expectation. Suppo- exactly. Yeah. Love is not supposed to be attachment at all. Which is a great, uh, foundation for the next point I wanted to make. I think that the easiest palatable way to understand the relationships as mirrors thing is think about romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I know most people have experienced this or witnessed it, witnessed one. And, uh, with romantic relationships, a lot of time the mirroring happens because, uh, unhealed familial wounds and shadow will play out in romantic relationships. So your significant other will, mirror traits that your parents had and then you your relationship dynamics will will mirror the dynamics of your family or just whatever your programming is whatever was normalized for you and that that mirror is shining a light on where you need healing so that you can have a healthy happy functional relationship mm-hmm. and it's all law of attraction it's it's psychology it's just all these things coming together but I dare you to tell me that you have never seen this happen, you know, in in your we've, life or others. We've this this is one of the we've we've all experienced all the things that we talk about for sure. But this one is to me that you could be on any level of manifesting and not have done the other steps and still recognize that like this is real. Yeah. This is a very easy quick surface for lack of better term way to understand yourself (laughs) yeah yeah um so yeah another another just kind of point I wanted to make is that you attract other humans to teach you lessons heal and grow and an example I like to always talk about narcissists because everybody else likes talking about narcissists and empaths (laughs) so I'm just going to jump on the train um but like an example is narcissists and empaths and this dynamic, which happens to be very common or else it wouldn't be a popular subject of conversation. Um, Empaths attract narcissists because of a need to learn to set boundaries so that they can have healthy relationships in the future. Empaths are prone to these people that take over them and run them, run all over them and gaslight them and all this stuff. So that's, that's a mirror for them to look and see like, Hey, this is where I need to heal. Like right, it's right. not a mirror. The narcissist isn't mirroring the empath like what exactly? It's not like a 
twin right. identical twin reflection it's right. helping the empath look in the mirror and see all these places where they still need healing and um such as codependency or low low self-worth mm-hmm. it, it it is an opportunity it all of this is just so cleansing yeah it's so cleansing when you think when you when you encounter a human and all this stuff starts to happen, and you, you, all of these are opportunities, like you said, to heal. That's it. If you really, really can just focus on that simple thing, this um, lack of boundary that I have with this person, this um, feeling of low self-worth that I have in this relationship, all of that is not about the other person at all. It is the, the only thing that matters is that that is an opportunity being given to you by the universe to, to check yourself and say, how can I heal these things in myself? Which is what you just said. I mean, that's really what this is all boiling down to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when I'm just in my first, maybe second relationship, romantic relationship since I started to really truly comprehend that all relationships are just opportunities to grow and heal and and pair with someone else so that they can perhaps do the same. It's Uh not to get me filled by anything that I don't, I'm not a tat. I can't, you're not supposed to whatever. Like I, I cannot be attached to another person because they are going to fill something in me. Right. We are coming together so that we can build and co-create together. Right. And that, and I also accept that, that right now things are good and well, uh-huh. and, but we're also liable to change and grow apart. Oh, you, Yeah. But understanding that relationships are here for a purpose and understanding that there's, that they're, they might be good now. It might change and we might grow apart and understanding that they're not, it's not like a pass or fail. It's not a win or lose. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you because you break up with someone, right, you know, right. it's just an off opportunity. Right. God, how different would the world be if we all really like, even we're sitting here talking about this and, and it makes sense, but I'm not always the best at this. I mean, you know, we have, we have to continue to practice to really get into a groove of, changing that mindset of really approaching and how like how much better would the world be if every person could just have this tiny little vision shift oh, whether it's for romantic relationships <laughs> Any relationship or, yeah parent child anything. boss employees yeah. all all of them <laughs> yeah anything um yeah so I was really excited to talk to you about children as mirrors because mm-hmm. you're the mama in the room I'm the mama. and I'm just the observer of the mama <laughs> <laughs> I got dogs but they don't really dog, count mama. I don't know dog, that they mama. reflect my uh, <laughs> my traumas and wounds and well spiritual <laughs> healing needs but anyway uh, they definitely challenge me uh yeah, so I'll 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 start with kind of like my theory, and I I can't wait to hear what you have to say about okay. this. And yeah, so I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna put this down. Just listen. I okay. queen. I. So to me, your children are a byproduct of your genetics and your influence, for better or for worse. From the time they're in utero until the age of eight, they're being imprinted by your behaviors, beliefs, shadow gifts strengths weaknesses everything and children will be a mirror reflecting your same qualities back at you or they'll display the opposite qualities you did not have that they had to they had to develop for their own survival so in any either case whether they are mirroring your exact qualities like your kids just like you Mm -hmm. or if they are displaying opposite qualities, like you're introverted, so they had to be extroverted to overcompensate because their parent was too reserved. Mm-hmm. To either way, that's that's what's happening, and they they can mirror your shadow, your limiting beliefs, your insecurities, which causes challenges, or they mirror your strengths. Mm-hmm. And I think I would love to hear kind of where you think as a parent how how to navigate that who <laughs> anybody 
else know the answer to well, this? Well, so I know, like, <laughs> from my observations of you, I mean, your daughter has more personality than both of us combined. No offense. <laughs> no, it's she's, so true. She's so creative. She's hilarious. She's, like, quick on her feet. She's seven years old. Like, she's a fashionista. Like, she's all these things. And it's, like, so clear that she is you in so many ways. Yeah. But there's other things about her that I know are unique to her as well. Of course. And so I would love to hear just kind of, your thoughts on that my experience thus far has been that um everything you said is true they mirror everything they mirror you they mirror the things you're not they it's not one or the other yeah they mirror all of it yeah they bring it all up to you and they don't have that conditioning by the world yet yes uh so, so that's when you see that personality and the, that, that bright, bright light shining. Um, thank God. Like that's what I try to protect in her as long as I can, because, uh, that's the thing that I feel like the world sometimes tries to take away from us. Yes. Um, the, the social conditioning of the world will try to take that away. Um, but Adelina definitely, <laughs> definitely challenges me. And the reason that she does that is because she will straight up, put it out there. She will like put something right in my face, whether I want to see it or not, you know? So is that something that like you resent about yourself? Is that a quality that you have that you don't like about yourself? No, it's something that I love. Um, I, I love that. Then why does it drive you crazy? <laughs> um, that part of it does not drive me crazy. Okay. Her bringing it up to me does not drive me crazy. Okay. Um, where, where the challenge, where, where I find the navigational challenge is how to allow her to have that freedom of expression because the child don't lie. You know, she'll, when, when she says something to you, it's because she sees it. Yeah. There's no filter. Yes. You know, there's no, I'm trying to think of a good example. I'm sure one will come to me. And, and so that I love. And I encourage, well, let me give you a very baseline example. Like we're at the grocery store and she's like, mommy, that woman's got a baby in her belly. (laughs) Well, she doesn't. Oh God. (laughs) And Adelina says it loud enough for everybody to hear. (laughs) It's like, you know, but okay. So this is a good sort of way to explain this idea. Well, what do you do as a parent in that moment? You don't shame her. You don't say, we don't say that. Because the woman looked like she had, she looked pregnant, to be fair. Yeah. She did. And how, how can I tell my, my daughter to not speak truth? You're speaking what you see. Yeah. And then people are like, tell your child. I get a lot of like, tell your child to have manners. And I'm like, I would rather, I don't need my baby to be liked. I, yeah. don't, I don't need you or anyone to like her, but she will tell her truth. She will not be afraid to speak up. She will not be afraid to offend people if what she has to say pushes them out of a comfort zone. Now, as she grows, we will learn and and start to develop understanding of social habits and mannerisms and that kind of thing. And so we're sort of starting to work into that now that she's getting older. Yeah. But like the point is, I love that she brings these things up. I love that she speaks what's on her mind. I love that she challenges me. The navigational issue for me is how do I parent that? Yeah. As a friend or as a, you know, my first immediate instinct is like, of course, say what you say, what's on your mind, say what you think. But there are times as a, as a mom, I mean, I don't know, whoever, parent, whatever word word you want to use, that I'm tired and it's been a long day and you, you swear you're never going to do the thing your parent did, which is like, because I said so. Oh God. You swear you're never going to say it. Yeah. But then there comes this breaking point sometimes and you're like, just please, because I said so, just be quiet, please, because I said so, Yeah, you know? Well, because kids don't understand boundaries and the need for personal space and all this. not at all. So that's what drives me crazy is that feeling. And that is what I need to check in myself. It's like, okay, you're right. Well, where am I? Where am I? And what it is is she's really pushing me to, like, a really higher level of, like, personal growth and development. Oh, man. I mean, she pushes me to places I'm like, 
Damn it, but I think that's what I'm not ready to go there. That's as a person that doesn't have kids but has so many people with kids around, like that's a, that's an observation I make, and that's why I'm terrified to have kids because I see what happens, and it's not that I'm afraid to step up to the plate. Like I, I'm, I'll step up to any challenge, you know. But yeah. it's like I just. I want to a be available to give love to the people who don't have mama, you right, know, right. and I want to, I, I just see the weight of, of it and the responsibility. And yeah. I, I just feel like called to kind of be the one that's here for the orphans, you know, I do know. And, and that's, a, I really, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something that I've started to really come to that is really hard for me when I have my moments of like, not when I have my separate, separatist moments when I want to separate people into categories and make life easier by keeping myself in a little box. Mm -hmm. When I have those moments, the thing that keeps coming and I keep remembering and that one of the things that this relationship is mirrors and this topic helps cover is if we really understood, yes, I gave birth biologically to Adelina. She is my genetic birth daughter. Yes. Okay. No denying that. However, if we really understood that all children are our children. Yes. And all sisters are our sisters. All people are our people. Yes. I have a little bit of a chill because if I really, really thought about life and people that way, the thing that you're talking about would dissolve yeah, because the reality is the responsibility we have is it's a kind of a limited and and I'm yeah I it's beyond myself. our genetics. It's it, yeah, yeah, it's beyond our comprehension. It's almost a limited view because we think, oh, I'm only responsible for this one little person. So that's scary because then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm responsible for this one little person. But in reality, everything we say, everything we do, we're responsible for all people. Yeah, we really are. Yeah, so. I get what you're saying, but the only like the only difference there is literally like blood. And I think that you just made me think of something that I didn't even put on the the outline, but I maybe for me I kind of have a little bit of fear because I've see people treating children as possessions yeah. and they're not yours. No. Period. That's right. And that just is a, exactly another right. perspective. I it agree, I'm in agreement to what you yes, just said. Yes, I understand. That's exactly right. Because they're not your possessions. They're not your property. But you, neither is your boyfriend. Exactly. Your mom. Neither is anyone. Your kids. Yeah. There's no... That's why I said the only thing that separates it is just tech, is a technicality, which is blood, which a lot of people, I understand that. But... That just means that we have a biological connection, but we're spiritually brothers and sisters connected to everyone. I mean, we all trace back to the same place. I don't care. Like who you are, where you're from, where you live, what language you speak, what ethnicity, what right. None of that ultimately matters at all. So a lot of the responsibility that you feel the fear is tied to that same thing that you just said that you'd like to release. Technically, even when you have children, they're not, they're their own people. Exactly. And this is, a, I get into a big debate with my mother on this because we're from very different generational backgrounds and upbringings. And um, she is a firm believer and it's in a different type of discipline. And I'm like, mom, she's her own person. She's independent. I didn't teach her that. This is who she is. And that's why if you really ever pay attention to kids, you know, you can have whatever belief you want to believe. And I'm not here to, to challenge anybody's belief system. But I will tell you one thing that I know for certain. Your no kids what, will. <laughs> your, yeah. Your, your kids are who they are. And our only job is to nurture what already is in yes. people. Not to change it. Not to necessarily shape it. You can guide. You can... You can provide tools and resources to help support mm-hmm. what they already are. Yeah, it's safety. That's it. Giving them a safety, safe place right, to, right. to learn to crawl and walk and yeah. become their own and relate with other humans. Mm-hmm. That's, to me, what being a parent is. It is, but that's the hard part that you ask about. The hard part for me is navigating that 
conditioning of the way I was raised sometimes Mm -hmm. in that relationship with my daughter and like not like sometimes I know what I'm what I shouldn't do but I don't know what I should do yeah so that's kind of can be a sticky place and I think that's fair for everybody in a relationship with anybody which is why the mirroring is so important because it can it can show us at least what we how we know we're not supposed to be treating people yes and it's like okay well Maybe we don't know the answer, but at least we know what we're not supposed to be doing. And and it opens a conversation. Yeah. It can open that 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 up within a conversation with ourselves or with that other person. Like, hey, this is something I'm realizing. Can we talk about this? Mm-hmm. And we don't know what healing, like you said, we're we're attracted and brought together for healing purposes. So we don't know what healing they may need from exactly. that conversation. Yeah. So, you know? Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I also, I wrote out a couple examples of, of the like parent child familial uh-huh. uh, relationships as mirrors philosophy. Uh-huh. One thing that I've seen time and time again with others with children is this, this kind of dynamic where the parent doesn't set boundaries. So they mm-hmm. end up with these like wild ass kids mm-hmm. that just like push them to their freaking limits. Right. And so, you know, kids need boundaries to feel secure. Yes. Period. They do. And a parent who struggles with boundaries with themselves and others, a lot of the time will have a kid that's wild as hell and pushing their ba- pushing them to the edge because the kid knows they can get away with it if their parents don't set boundaries, first and foremost. Right. But second, because, and this is where the mirror thing comes in, because the parent is in need of healing this aspect of themselves and their child is a reflection of that need. Right. Period. Yeah. Adelina has brought up so many, um, so many unhealed wounds in myself through parenting her. Yes. And that's what you're saying, right? Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have almost this, this is almost in a way an opportunity as I love her to also love my little girl. Yeah. You get to reparent yourself a a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and in a way that serves both of us, you know, like if I can help reparent my little girl inside of me, then I'm a better mom for her because I know how you feel home girl. That's what I want to tell her. I tell, I, I tell that to Adelina. I'm like, Adelina, I know how you feel. I'll tell her that. Like, I want you to understand that mommy knows how you feel. And I I know you feel frustrated. Tell me how you feel. Yeah. And I'll say, I understand. And I'll say, you know, my mom to Adelina is Gigi. So I'll say, Gigi used to say these things to me too. And I remember feeling the same way. Let's talk about something that, like, makes sense. But we do set boundaries. And that is probably, if anything, I'm, I may lack that a little. That might be a, an area to tighten up. But it it does heal you. It does heal you because they bring everything to the surface. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whether you want them to or not, they bring it up, and then you're forced at that point to either deal with it. You can continue to suppress it. But kids, you suppress things in yourself differently. Kids don't have that. that uh, Governor. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They're just like, wait, you said no? Well, why'd you say no? Well, what, well, what about that other time? Like, for example, I might be like, you know, uh, you can't have ice cream tonight. Well, you ate ice cream last night, mommy, or something. I'm like, ah, you know. Like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be really tight with that. You got to really tighten yourself up to be able to find a, a balance there. Yeah. And like, if you actually are a parent, a, the definition of a parent, mm-hmm. then healing yourself is essential. Mm-hmm. And healing that inner child and those wounds and breathing life into that part of yourself so that you can breathe it into your child. Like, I feel like there's no bigger duty to be a parent than that, to. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's my point about even if you're not a biological, technical parent, that still is our duty to society and to the world as humans. Exactly. So don't feel left out of this talk if you're not a biological parent, you know, because it's not in any way a separation. Like you you are just as important in the scheme of the way that the world works and, and our life work, whether you have a little one running around or not. We're all parents. Yes. I believe that. 
I mean, I just, I, I think about Oprah because Aww. she doesn't have kids. Yeah. And I think. Neither does Dolly. I know. Dude, that's two of my queens don't have kids and that yeah. might be a big reason why I don't want them myself. I don't know. But they do a ton of things. Exactly. They parent the world though. Exactly. That's, and that's, yeah. that's what I want and yeah. I identify with and I have since I was a kid. I've always been okay with adopting or being a stepmom. I just have always, because I've been around so many people who were adopted or were step, I mean, I was a step kid that was like taken in. I'm in my stepdad's house. I bought from him and his family that welcomed yeah. me with open arms. Right. You know, like, I, I have that capacity because I was blessed enough to experience at a that's young right. age. Yes. And so I just don't have a calling to have a child that's my own. Like I don't, blood does not matter to me at all. Right. And there you go. Yeah. And, and again, whether you even ever choose to adopt or have real actual little pitter patter children or not, we, we can parent our friends. And, and I don't mean that in a way that <laughs> discipline, yeah, right. <laughs> you're grounded. <laughs> Sometimes we, sh- I, some, I think that I have been parented by most of my friends. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, sit down, we're in a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that quite, quite a few times. Uh, <laughs> or, Put your head back in the window. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're getting on the highway. I don't know. But yeah, we, we parent the world, you know, the world is, is all like, we're all siblings and parents and friends and like, it's, it's all in there. And that's something that I'm really also wrapping my mind around. Like, um, some days I want to like have a pity party for myself. Cause I'm like, it's so hard being a parent, you know? Yeah. And that's true. That's, I'm not taking away from that. Trust me. It is. But Again, the liberation, the freedom, when you remove all the separations between us and you just really like get real with like, we have one goal, one, love thy neighbor. That's it. Spread love. Yeah. Receive it. Give it. Receive it. Give it. Vessel. Vessel. Mm -hmm. So um, I think you made a good point that the fact that you were brought in by a step parent Um, hopefully that resonates with a lot of people too, because, um, we can get real caught up in like that, like blood, like that sort of, that's not my mom. That's not my dad. (laughs) Well, I'll never forget. I will never forget this. As long as I live, when I was a little girl, we were at the grocery store. I was with my stepmom, and we were at the grocery store and she ran into some people that she knew and she introduced me and my father, my biological father, his name is Eddie, and she introduced me as Eddie's daughter. And that may sound just like, well, duh, I am Eddie's daughter. But she never introduced me as her stepdaughter. Oh. And I will never forget it broke my heart. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. Like, and she, I'm sure to this day, doesn't give a shit or know or care or even, <laughs> you know. But, but that was such a such a moment for me that like opened my eyes on like who and where I was and what I was. God, that's like rough. I never introduced her as my dad's wife. I was like, this is my stepmom. <laughs> I'm never like, this is my father's wife. Oh my gosh. But you, you understand what oh, I'm saying? Oh yeah. 100%. So like we, well, you know, like think about that people. Think about, think about those things. Yeah, that's real. Cause we're all family. Yep. And if you're, in the formative years, especially yeah. you've, you've got that some kind of inferiority, some kind of some imprintation from that yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. And I had a big, that was a big shadow for me, obviously. So, um, that was a big deal, you know? <laughs> well, that helps me <laughs> go into the next topic, which I, I, this one's one that I can relate to not being a mother, but also familial mirror yeah. stuff is, uh, the black sheep in uh, the family. <laughs> so the black sheep in the family is rejected because they are, are often rejected because they tend to embody shadow qualities in their family, thus forcing the family to shine light on their shadow, those rejected aspects of right. self, those things that they aren't comfortable with that they've tucked away in their subconscious. And, mm-hmm. and so the black sheep either challenges the family and they get ostracized because they're kind of pulling out the family's rejected aspects of self or 
Um, yeah, so they they sh- they force the family to have to kind of look at their shadow, and mm-hmm. they challenge the status quo of the family, and they're either eventually accepted and embraced by the family, and mm-hmm. the family's like, well, I, I want to love my son even though he's gay or he's an artist, and that's not going to make him a million dollars or whatever thing that there's the kid, the quality has that the mm-hmm. parents at first are like, ah, yep. you're not like us. Get out of here. Yes. Either the family... Because they, at the end of the day, love their kid, uh-huh. will figure it out. Yep. Or the kid gets ostracized forever and they have to make a new family. That's exactly right. And I identify with that. I Thank God I have like this huge family. I've got like yeah. basically three sets of parents and yeah. a whole lot more in addition to that that's even blood related to me. I've got great stepmom, great stepdad, step yep. siblings, all this stuff. So yeah. I get to... But I am a black sheep in some sure. some of these branches of the family yeah. tree, and yeah. I I have had to work through so much shadow projected onto me, and I'm still in the trenches of that work because mm-hmm. of having to uh, because I just challenged people in my family, you know, like I just yeah. challenged them, like they weren't ready for a little Morgie and and how <laughs> out of their comfort zone I was going to pull them when yeah. I came into this world yeah. and now I understand and so I can do that reparenting I can rewrite the narrative of my childhood when like really fucked up shit happened and it was really just their wounds that they were projecting on me yeah. and so I'm I'm the mirror I'm for them I'm I was an opportunity for healing and maybe I I mean I'm not going to list any names just because I want to respect them, but I I have a good idea that I probably have been the catalyst for healing with some of my family members, and right. I've probably been the catalyst for g- more rejected aspects <laughs> than others. Yeah, you know, I do know. I I can identify with both sides of that being embraced on one branch. And totally ostracized on the other branch. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important to get in touch with, too. Because, yeah. And a lot of that has deep, deep hurt. You know? Because when you're a kid, you don't get it. No. You don't understand what's actually going on. And then when you're an adult, your adult self gets it. But your little person inside still doesn't necessarily heal just because you understand it. Yes. So, like, there's a lot of work that you have to do to really break through to that. You know? Yes. And, yeah. and I think... I've heard this a number of times, but the way of one of the ways to heal that inner child is by experiencing being brave, putting yourself out there, trying to relate with others and trying again to have a healthy relationship. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic, but like just re gently easing your inner child into seeing that, Hey, there are healthy relationships possible. Like, Uh You don't have to get ran into the ground. There doesn't have to be chaos. There doesn't have this feeling of rejection. Like, no, yeah. it's actually possible to have love and peace at the same time. Right. Like fighting is not love. Like a lot of people, uh, their their inner child, like I've seen this a lot recently, that they grew up with so much chaos and turmoil in the home that they felt they started to associate that fighting was an expression of love. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do you heal that? You get into a relationship where you learn how to communicate and you don't fight. Or and and maybe like when you do get that like urge when you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. try something different. Right. Don't yeah. go down that road. Go to a boxing class, you right. know. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or I mean, or just figure out how how, like you said, create new opportunities for exposure. You need exposure, people. <laughs> That's what you need. Exactly. Expose yourself. Read books. Watch movies. Travel. Watch documentaries about other cultures. Watch. I don't care what it is. And I don't care if it's a Hallmark movie. (laughs) I'm serious. And people are like, that's not real. Well, you know what? Who says it's not real? Yeah. It's not real because you don't feel confident in yourself to challenge yourself to rise to that vibration to make that real. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) <gasps> it can be real. People can be happy. People can love and care for one another. People can share community. People can, yeah, it can be real. So yeah. whatever you need to see to let your brain create that it can be a different way, do that. Expose yourself. That's the bit. Because a lot of times, especially as a child, you're very sheltered. 
to what you are brought up with. And that's why it can take so long to undo. The sooner and the quicker you can expose that little kid to what you just said different. Like, it's like kind of like going over to dinner at a, at a friend's house when you're a little kid. And you, you're like, oh, they have a square table? Oh, they yeah. a round table. <laughs> they, and you're just like, what? You know, yeah. like all these things. Oh, they mean? don't say the blessing before they eat? Right. <laughs> yeah, they're going to hell. <laughs> you go home, you're like, Mom, Bobby's going to hell. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like, yeah. So start to expose and just be ready that the more exposure you do, like the quicker that you can you can get clear with your reflection. Oh. So I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this or not, but I feel like I found a way to articulate it to match this this episode. Okay. But I I just wanted to talk about our podcast testimony. Oh. And so we I got introduced to the girl who is about to be in this interview today talking about her up-level story by another girl that we interviewed in an earlier episode, Brittany Kanaski. Uh-huh. And so Sunday, Brittany introduced me to Cassidy. And then on Wednesday, Madeline and I had a meeting and the interview was scheduled on a Thursday with Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But on Wednesday, we ended up crossing paths with Cassidy at, at our at real a, estate meeting, a yes. different, a totally different meeting in a different city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even in Charlotte, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so, and I recognized her because I saw her social media before I reached out to schedule the interview, and it was like, holy freaking cow! Yeah. But where this kind of aligns is just the fact that, like, Brittany to me, uh-huh. like, we were kind of mirrors in that. Uh-huh. We are on this tune to the same frequency and vibration so much so that Brittany was able to introduce me to somebody three days before I was about to cross paths with her anyway. Yes. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So I guess we should just kind of jump in. Yeah, let's do it. Let me hear it. Each week on Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, we share a story from a listener who used the global pandemic in 2020 as an opportunity to up-level personally and professionally. So what is your name, age, city, and profession? So I am Cassidy Sheehan. I am 24 years old. I currently reside in Charlotte, North Carolina. And right now I do a few different things. I am the founder and lead brand strategist for my company, Pop Marketing. And I am also a contract editorial writer for QC uh, Metro. Cool. So how did you up-level as a result of the hardships created by the pandemic and lockdown? Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of people, the pandemic hit, number one, no one saw it coming. It was just a storm out of nowhere, right out of the clouds. And um, I took it really hard, to be honest. Um, My mental, spiritual, physical health definitely declined at the beginning of this pandemic. I lost my job um, and I felt more instability than I've probably ever felt in my entire life. And I suppose, you know, I, I never like to refer to myself as somebody that is the best of anything because I am always growing. I'm always learning. And even though I am proud of where I'm at right now, I know that I will always continue to grow and learn. Um, but I would say how I up-leveled myself was definitely um, a complete spiritual rejuvenation. I went through eight months of meditation training to actually become a meditation teacher. And with that, on the other flip side of my spiritual health, I also created my business, Pop Marketing, and was able to contract myself out on different projects and to different clients in the Charlotte area and beyond to keep myself afloat and bring income in when I didn't know how I was going to get anything. Um, It was a really interesting time, but I would say that's probably how I kind of 
rustled through it to create ideas of how I could continue on. Totally. And that's really inspiring that you, you took that uh, scary time and, and spun it to your, probably your highest and best options at the time. Yeah. So what were oh, the, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it, it was, it was, it was, it, I've never felt more connected to my soul and who I am and what my purpose is than I do right now. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah. So, uh, what were the circumstances leading up to the pandemic? Did you, were you kind of already considering new options or were you content with your job? Like, were there other things going on behind the scenes other than just losing your career due to the, or during the pandemic? Yeah, it was, you know, my life was rocky initially anyway, leading up to the pandemic, simply because I had just moved to Charlotte about eight months before the pandemic hit. And I had recently just gotten that position as the marketing and event director for this hospitality group here. and. The hospitality group had two restaurants. One was in the process of creating itself. It was being built up. They were still working with the city to get permits. Like So it, it hadn't been born yet. The concept was there, but it they didn't have traffic. The other restaurant did have a, a lot of traffic, and we were kind of trying to rebrand and reshape and get people in the doors. Um, and so I was just trying to figure out Charlotte. You know, I, at this point, had moved from Chicago. So it was a completely different market, completely different vibe, environment. The way that people operate business in the South is night and day (laughs) different than uh, the Midwest and Chicago specifically. So I would say, you know, I was at that point in time already on my toes trying to figure things out. And so when the pandemic, when I started projecting that, okay, I think this is serious, And I think the pandemic was going to hit. I had already been thinking of different chess moves. How, you know, how do I get to where I want to go? What what are my goals for this city? Who do I want to get to meet? That's kind of the questions that I was asking myself at that point in time. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) Moving moving to a a new city and then hitting lockdown. And you're not the only person that I've talked to recently that had that same experience. I can't, I can't imagine. (laughs) I moved back to Charlotte because of the pandemic and that sucks. Like I can only imagine like landing in a new city and then that's, that's what you have to put up with. Yeah, it was (laughs) definitely interesting. You know, I was still at that point, hadn't made a lot of friends, was still trying to get acclimated, was trying to insert myself in different networking opportunities and when you're virtual only you know I mean you're limited right for sure um yeah yeah, it's hard to have any real human connection when there's lockdown and everything's virtual everything doesn't really feel genuine right absolutely I mean I'm definitely somebody that I have to feel people's energy and I'm a writer so you know when I write something I can't just see it in a, in a movie and write about it. I mean, I could, I wouldn't be as much of a feeling as if I was there in the moment, in the present time, experiencing it fully and then able to kind of articulate my thoughts on it. So it was just a different experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I understand completely. So kind of what, how did you, how did you stay focused and motivated during this transition? Cause it sounds, I mean, you did a whole lot of stuff. It sounds like in a short (laughs) amount of time. So like kind of what, what was the light at the end of the tunnel or or like, what did you do to kind of keep your, your spirit fed during this process? Yeah. You know, I think as a creative, I think, and I've seen this across the board from different creators who, when you're like struck with moments where you're you're not sure what to do you're pressed against the wall you know my financial circumstances were on the line um as i was saying earlier you know i was dealing with a complete spiritual rejuvenation i i wanted to change certain things about myself that i knew needed love and tender care and things like that and attention so i feel like for me it was just 
figuring out, okay, Cassidy, what are your goals? What do you want to work on? And how can we do that in a holistic way? Because I'm just a very holistic person. And so it was, how do I figure out how to get through some of these barriers that I know are going to hold me back from the goals that I want? And meditation just broke through every layer of who I am and what my soul is. And I, I'll never be the same <laughs> in the best way. Oh, I love it. You're totally speaking my language a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you've already covered some of the challenges that you faced, but was there, was there anything else that came along and um, any, any valuable tools that you use to kind of overcome some of the curveballs that you faced when you were trying to up level? Yeah. I mean, you know, being completely transparent because I always will be, I promised myself this a very long time ago. Um, I have, you know, manic depressive bipolar disorder. And so every day is a fight for me. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm in a bad place because I don't feel that I am, but Anybody who is bipolar um, and deals with, you know, spouts of depression will understand what I mean by it's a constant effort to feed yourself love and to feed yourself, you know, positive affirmations to continue um, a healing journey, right? I think a lot of us, all of us have to heal in different ways. And I think the only way for me to do that at that time and, and, forever will be to tap into myself and to have those hard conversations. And, you know, I started going to therapy. Um, you know, I was taking CBD. Um, you know, I was meditating all the time. I still do. Um, and I feel like that was my recipe to heal and to help myself just get through what I needed to get through so that I could get where I'm at now. Um, and I think everybody, you know, needs to figure out what their wellness recipe is for them, for their life and be true to that recipe, whatever that is, as long as, you know, you're not hurting yourself, you're, you know, helping yourself. Um, I think everybody needs to kind of figure that out for themselves, you know? Definitely. And I feel like it also kind of evolves and changes as, as your life evolves and changes, but finding yeah. just getting as many tools in your tool belt as you can to heal and grow and be the best version of yourself is critical. Yes. I love how you said that because I agree. I think what I needed five years ago and what I need today to continue this journey of healing and loving myself and having, you know, a clear mind and things like that, it does change, you know? Um, and, and I think, that I'm happy that I found meditation because I do think that's a tool that I'll always have with me when I need to, to, you know, to use it. For sure. And do you think that your like creative professional creative endeavors are healing just because it is aligned with who you are and your interests? Of course. You know, I think any artist, any creative, anything you put out there, I don't care if you know, you're a painter or you're a content creator, you're a writer, whatever, anything, you know, aligns with you internally. And if you're in an ugly place internally, I'm not sure how you could produce your best, most authentic work because you're not aligned with who you really are inside. Um, and so it's, it's been a beautiful kind of coming home ceremony internally for me because I feel so connected with my inner child and I haven't felt that way in a really long time. I'm so happy for you. That is, that's, you. <laughs> I want as many people in this world to have that feeling because it's just, it's incredible to feel like you're connected with your truth and in your power. Yes. Oh yeah. It's just euphoric. You know, I, I, People will tell me now, oh, Cassie, you just, you're glowing lately. You're glowing. Like, you just look so happy. And I think the word happy is problematic because happy comes and goes. And I think so many people think it's just a destination that we reach and then we just stay there. But we don't. 
you know, and I know there are going to be so many times in my life where I fall back into a depression and I'm sad and I feel pain and I am tired and I feel, you know, lost. I'm sure I'll have those, those trials again. And I guess the beautiful part about just connecting with yourself authentically is knowing no matter what happens or what comes my way, I've got me, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's a special feeling. (laughs) Well, the last question I have for you is what were major lessons that you learned that Mm -hmm. you think may help others or just any, any suggestions you have in general in life, it doesn't even have to, you know, necessarily come from this specific story, but just share, share your wisdom. Yeah. Well, I think it just depends on what it is, right? Um, For me, I just try to appreciate life. You know, I, when I was 20 years old, I tried to commit suicide and I was hospitalized and it was the complete transformation and out-of-body experience for me. And I think if I could share anything with anyone, it would be that if you're dealing with pain, if you're dealing with past trauma or current trauma, if you're dealing with, you know, imposter syndrome and trying to connect to your identity, I think my best advice is just know that the answers are inside of you. It may feel like the outside world has all the answers that you just want to possess, but it's not that way. I think deep down, we need to trust ourselves more and just love ourselves more. And I think also people think, well, what what does it mean to love yourself? You know, does it mean that I just look in the mirror and every day I think, oh, you're so beautiful. And I just like love you. Like, no, I mean, for me, loving myself is for, and this is just for me. So, you know, I think it's different for everyone, but it's taking the time to meditate and be in silence and, and just connect with my soul. It's getting up in the morning and going to the gym because I know my mind will be clearer and I know my mental health is better when I do work out and I do exert energy. Um, you know, and writing for me, you know, this is the easiest way for me to connect my soul and to articulate it is through writing is through written words. And so I poured and manifested into writing more because I knew this is my outlet and this is my way to help people also speak through themselves. And um, so I guess my advice is just, yeah, let's, let's love each other more. Let's love ourselves more. And let's just pour, you know, positive, good energy into the world because we need it. We need it. I love it and I agree completely and I really appreciate your your honesty and opening up about personal things. I, I yeah. think that's that takes courage and so I commend you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you know, my I remember when I first when this first happened to me and I was hospitalized, I remember my family coming to me and they were coming with with a place of love. Um and just saying, you know, Cassie, I don't think you should tell anybody about this. I don't think you should, you know, share anything online um, about the situation because people are going to judge you. And what if, you know, you don't get a job someday because, you know, this happened to you? And, and the list went on of concerns and doubts. And I, I looked to my family and I said, I love you guys. And I appreciate your concern and trying to protect me and my story. But anything in life that is meant to align with me will appreciate me for everything that I've been through. And it was this moment of clarity for me that anything that is for me is meant for me. And if not, that's okay. And it's just not going to exist in my surroundings. It's not going to be in my life. Um, and I think the, the more we talk about just the vulnerability of humanity and life, then we will be more connected. People will feel more appreciated and seen in their own skin. And that for me, I I believe is why I'm here. Oh my gosh. 
Thank you so much. That's just absolutely a hundred percent aligned with the message from this podcast. I know you've we just met and connected, so you haven't had a chance to listen, I'm sure, but I yes. really appreciate you. Um I, I feel like once again we've manifested the right person at the right time to have a conversation with. So thank you so much for your time. Of course, absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity and I just feel blessed and I know you're a child of light as well so (laughs) it's it's good to meet you and and to know you I'm very excited to get to know you better definitely awesome Uh, she's a rock star yeah holy cow like how you don't have any idea until you really hear it i know like you think you know but you don't really know and i mean i I didn't have a clue like she's a total stranger to me so to hear all that i'm like we got a new friend yeah (laughs) seriously she's 24 yeah yeah (sighs) take take me back that gives me (laughs) so much faith in humanity (laughs) can we clone her and duplicate her and like mass produce her and send her out into the world (laughs) Uh, her spirit and like it's I I love that I like got to meet her in person it was brief I didn't like get time to I didn't I wasn't able to spend time with her but she definitely had a vibe oh yeah so I was like yeah I love that she said I have me Oh yeah, I mean all the answers are within. All she had so many like good like heavy hitting one liners. Yes, yeah, Yeah. for real. But this week's topic for I have me like the mirror. Yes, I have myself. That's it. Yeah, I was thinking about something real quick. I know we need to wrap up, but um, I was thinking about um while she was talking um. Gosh, I'm going to lose it. Um, how if you want, you know, the, the heavy hitting one liner to speak, like be the change you want to see in the world. Yes. I mean, that's what this week is. I mean, that's what this whole podcast exactly. is. But like this week really highlights if you, if you feel voided in love, if you feel void in your shadow, the places, any places that you're filling a void that you're in need of filling, you have to give that out in order for you to get it. Yes. And I don't, it's already in you. It's to like bring it back out. It's, and, and relationships kind yeah. of help give you a little opportunity to yeah. see where you are missing things mm-hmm. that you only you can add back. Only you. Yes, yeah. Because the Creator has given us everything within. Yes, like, like she said. Um, and if you want, if you feel like I want to be loved, I want to be this, I want to be that. Guess what? Look at yourself in the mirror. Understand that you already have it within you, and then start to give it. Yes, and that will heal you. But trying to get it. You can't try to get it. You don't have kids so you can have somebody to love you and take care of you forever. You don't get a boyfriend so or girlfriend so that you can have somebody love you. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it's the inside out kind of thing. That's so valuable. And I ask when I, some of my friends will, will ask me about having children and I'll, I'll ask them they're contemplating or thinking and I'll say, well, why? Like, why do you want to have kids? Why? And I love what you just said. Because sometimes those answers do, well, I want to, you know, carry on or, you know, I need, I don't want to die alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, we might need to think about having kids. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about like a couple little things, just kind of what to do with this information. Okay. And one, one thing with the relationships and mirrors is, is just kind of look at patterns in, in your relationships, not just. Not just romantic. We got to get past that. You know, mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. your parents, your relationship with your coworkers, your relationship with your friends, all all the relationships. Start to look at patterns, and then start looking at what what's working and what isn't working. And for the stuff that doesn't work, that you seem to, especially 
like patterns that means there's repetition right start to look for the patterns that are repeating in your relationships across the, the board or right. in across your life time as well and and start to pinpoint what those patterns are and then start to retrace the route and then and or start to try to reprogram and that's either the exposure therapy thing that you're saying right. about like going in and, and doing the thing differently the next time around kind right. of yeah. or um, meditating and going back to that child that moment in time in your childhood and, and rewriting that narrative and breathing mm -hmm. new life into whatever tra traumatic moment happened mm -hmm. that or that modeling like if you saw a chaotic family get in get into a meditative state and just focus on rewriting that narrative give yourself a new childhood picture being born into a loving environment oh wow that's some good stuff right there <laughs> i'm telling you yeah and like really the only other thing that i had to say about just what to do with this information is shadow work mm -hmm. you, gotta, you gotta do it and in, don't avoid it but it's so cool like we get this like kind of like cheat sheet or this like <laughs> like life hack it's like okay relationships yeah. are like a good way it's like triggers show me my shadow relationships yep. show me my shadow yeah. and we heal that and then all of a sudden our self-love goes up and we can uh up our vibes and attract more and yeah exactly i mean that those things that are like i'm telling you when you when you that that um when you connect on that next level with somebody like once you've kind of started to heal and the first couple relationships or encounters they don't even have to be relationships it could be an encounter with yes. someone yeah the first couple encounters that you have after that work starts to penetrate it's gonna blow your mind yeah it's gonna be like what it's like, gonna have like a, a more richer like robust it's gonna be a bigger experience you know it can be something like the, the cashier at the exactly store. but i'm saying yeah, yeah it's like and you're it's gonna, richer yeah you're gonna walk like you're gonna float away yes because it is gonna be ro i like that word robust but that's where that's what the point like yes we are trying to manifest our best lives we're gonna keep getting more and more material things mm -hmm. but and but that's not what this is about. Not it's about all. like the love, being a vessel of love. Yeah. And for us, like we we have our unique interests and talents and gifts, and we can be blessed with material things so that we can bless ourselves and bless others. And there's that's nothing why, wrong with that. That's why we get the blessings is because we bless others with the blessings. Yes, I mean it's a it's a gift economy. It's knowing that you know the only reason and the only the only purpose of those gifts is to have more to give. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's that relationship. I feel like we mirrors. should, I feel like we should like close this with some Justin Timberlake. No, thank you. <laughs> it's like you're my mirror. No. Have Just a great me. day. <laughs> <Okay>. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>